Thank you for joining us for another BNI San Diego podcast. I'm joined by a great colleague and friend, Alex Charles. Alex Charles, let me tell you a little bit about Alex. Uh, Alex Charles is a the president of his BNI, his local BNI chapter here in San Diego, BNI United. Alex is a local San Diegan. Uh, let's see. Uh, what area in San Diego, Alex? Escondido area? So I was, I was born and raised in North County of San Diego in the beautiful town of Escondido. Beautiful town of Escondido. It's a little warmer in Escondido than than other parts of San Diego, right? Yeah, it sure is. We're, we operate at about 6 to 10 degrees warmer than, than <laughs> San Diego proper. So we're coming up in the summer here, and I'm going to be busting out the shorts pretty soon. Oh, yeah. I, and that's my favorite thing about being in San Diego, is the ability to wear, you know, uh, again, that that business related khaki shorts so we're still professional yeah, uh, but it's uh, of you know. course all that stuff that with the winter that we've had we haven't worn since november so you know when we get the dust off it we'll see if it still fits yeah we've definitely had a, a really interesting winter which is and we need it because as everyone knows we're in california we need the water of course there is an course. incredibly important thing here so uh you've been married for how many years now so my wife and i've been married since 2015 we're coming up on that will be our eighth anniversary next month and you guys have four beautiful children three boys and now the little princess that's correct that's correct yes so so we have my eldest son is from my first marriage he's 12 years old going on 13 here this summer and uh tomorrow is my uh youngest son it's his birthday he'll be four i have one in between there his name is aaron Aaron, happy birthday, right, so, buddy. Uh, let me, hold on. Let me, let me, re, let me re-answer your question. <laughs> You're right. I've got four, four kiddos. Uh, my eldest will be 13 this summer. His name is Jude. He comes from my first marriage. And then my wife, Kelly, and I have had three since then. The oldest of those three is Oliver. Oliver will be seven this summer. Aaron will be four years old tomorrow. Nice. And happy our birthday, daughter, Aaron. Yes, thank you. And then our daughter, Murphy, was born at the end of last august terrific so yeah you got a house full as well we've got a house full a, a, a house full and it's an interesting dynamic with three boys and then finally the uh, the lovely little one with sports and all kinds of of it, there's it's a good chaos that's correct correct it is not only good but also very stinky with three boys <laughs> with all the boys. <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I totally understand that's awesome now you are with bnb appliance which is a locally owned and operated in Escondido. They've been around for now, what, 54 years or so? 54 years, correct. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. It was actually a business that was started by my ex-wife's grandfather. Um, so it is passed down from to now his daughter and her husband. And ultimately, I'll be the head of the company once they decide to, uh, to retire and walk away from the business. So it's three generations deep. Uh, the biggest joy that I have in, in running the family business is that my father is also an employee of ours. I, oh, I tell him terrific. because, because I, I've known the current owners and they raised me since I was 14 years old or so. Um, I always tell my dad that I hooked him up with the job, you know, because he's <laughs> been here two years longer than I have. Next month will be uh, 16 years completed here at the store. So oh, it's fantastic. been a long run. Terrific. Well, it's great to hear. And you've been there for, yeah, so what, 16 16- Coming up on six yeah. years. Yeah, go entering year number 17 pretty soon. Um, you know, almost halfway through the journey, I guess you could That's say. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. 
Uh, I love, I always love to have local professionals on. We're going to be talking a little bit uh, on, on a really interesting topic, one that is very applicable to all, uh, pretty much everyone, uh, local, small business, uh, how to adjust your business best practices or best or practices uh, during and pre post global or local pandemic, right? We've, That's we've right. just come out of this, what, what Dr. Meisner calls uh, the great pause, right? For a lot of businesses. And so this is going to be a great topic today because this is something that um, we've had to learn how to do, but we don't know what's in store for the future. And, you know, hopefully it won't be a global pandemic, but there may be a situation where we need to adjust things based on outside circumstances that we don't have control of. Right, right. I mean, let's face it, Ed, we all remember where we were back in 2020 in March oh. when those uh, all the closures and everything were happening. In fact, I was at a trade show and um, it was happening. Everything was happening so quickly that some of our country's largest vendors, we're talking massive companies like the Whirlpool Corporation that owns five different brands and appliances, um, LG, General Electric. We were at this trade show and literally six hours before the large expo was set to open, they were breaking down booths and catching flights to go from Las Vegas back to their hometowns and shutting everything down. Wow. It was an absolute whirlwind of a, of a 48 hours that I was in Vegas looking around in kind of an ex empty expo hall saying, where is everybody? Well, it, and you want to talk about, a, I mean, think about Las Vegas, people from all over the world. And now right. we're in the midst of a global, you know, this global pandemic from right. people literally all over the world. And, and they've also got to get home. Oh my gosh. Yep. I can only imagine. Yeah, it was, it was a wild, it was a wild time. And, and of course that was also before all of the, uh, the distancing and the protocols and the masking and so forth. So, you know, everybody's walking around and if you had a sniffle, you wanted to hide it from everybody. Yeah, know, oh, absolutely. That was going on. It was a wild time, but, but, but you're right. So, so what does that do to business? How does it impact a company like mine where we have to operate not only within our own footprint at the store, but all of our business is done at the residential level. I've in got somebody's home. In somebody's home. I have seven technicians, four installers, all going into people's homes to the tune of about 60 homes a day. Oof. So how do you how do you make adjustments to that when over the course of those first few months, and later we would come to find out two and a half years or so of protocols and adjustments, how could we operate and what would we do? It was all question marks that we had um, heading into that, uh, that pandemic. And, and gosh darn it, I think we came out of it pretty darn well. Well, and, and most companies, let's face it, most companies were, were making it on the go, right? It was like, we weren't prepared for what we went through. They were, every decision was a new decision made day by day by day. Right, right. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and I guess you could say what we felt to be the best practice within our business in terms of the, the execution of our job, going into somebody's home and executing the job was to allow the consumer to be the one that led the relationship and led the transaction. So we're going into somebody's home and my guys were all trained to show up with mask in hand, booties on their feet. 
And if Mrs. Jones answered the door wearing a mask and staying back from her door jam eight feet or whatever it may have been, then of course my guys were trained to be sensitive to that and say, Mrs. Jones, would you like me to put on the mask and so forth? However, we all know that it became sort of contentious across the board with some people feeling one way and others feeling another. So if that customer said, you know what, don't worry about it, come on in. Well, if my employee felt comfortable doing that, we said that was okay. Because guess what? In a time when everything is going nuts, going wild and crazy, we're not in a position to cut out any business whatsoever. And we want to make sure that everybody's operating within the comfort level of, let's say, the lowest common denominator, right? Whoever has the the firmest feelings is the one that we want to appreciate and the one that we want to respect the most because we can operate under whatever circumstances you're asking. Well, and I think you, you said a key thing there is it's not only about the, the customer, what they're comfortable with, but you're leading a team of employees, a team of staff. Right. And, and we've right. also got to look at from their perspective, right? Some of those individuals may not have been comfortable without wearing a mask. So Correct. even though the customer may say, hey, don't worry about wearing the mask, we've also got to look at that employee, that, <clears throat> that team member to make sure that we're looking at it from their perspective as well. Well, sure. And, and having had a child during the pandemic, some of them were, you know, hey, some of my employees are saying, hey, I just had a kid. No disrespect to you, but I'm going to go ahead and wear a mask because even if you have a common bug, I just don't want to take that home. So, you know, operating within that that lens of the the lowest comfort level yeah. is where where we found to have a lot of success in terms of that interaction. And that doesn't even touch on the changes to business and what we had to do to accommodate yeah. for the pandemic. Yeah. And are you seeing, I mean, again, you're you're the president of one of our local BNI chapters, where which has, you know, 20 plus uh business owners in them. You've you during this time, obviously, you know, we we both know that what we've done with BNI and we were able to pivot very quickly and go online, that also impacted you know, business and how we were going mm-hmm. about getting together. But but mm-hmm. in looking at those other professionals, you're getting a different perspective because you're also seeing 20 plus other business owners having to also adapt and change. And some, we saw it like, like yourself, do it very well. And mm-hmm. others didn't do it so well, right? Yeah. And others, yeah. because of that, some, there's been individuals you know, from whatever dynamic or aspects you're looking at it, we both know individuals that are no longer in business. And it just, it breaks our heart because, I mean, it's, it's impacted us. Correct. Correct. And I will say this, um, for the the two and a half years of the pandemic, um, those were probably the highest volume years in the history of our store. Oh, wow. Now to also keep a, a, an eye on the rest of my chapter. One thing about my chapter is we tend to be a little bit more heavily leaning towards the trades. Okay. So in a time in a time when you had several different factors playing into a residential market, um, our chapter did very well as a group. Um, there were some, you know, some people, of course, had to change their line of work. But for the most part, as a chapter, as a whole, we did very well because um, number one, you've got people in their homes that are looking at their landscaping, that are looking at their kitchen and saying, hey, it's time for me to go ahead and do this remodel because guess what? I'm working from home. We can no longer travel because of the guidelines that are going on. 
We had others that work in the mortgage and, and real estate space. And we all know how wild and crazy the last three years have been yeah. for the at the mortgage level when you had 2.8 refi rates and, and interest rates on home lending. So now you've got somebody that is not only in their home and looking at their cabinets that have they've been looking at, mm-hmm. kids have been beaten up, but then they say, hey, for 2.8%, I can borrow against my home that's at the highest appraisal value that it has ever been at, at 2.8% and pull out 150 grand to remodel the kitchen, remodel the home or whatever it is. And that really helped to keep not only B&B appliance, but also the rest of the trades in our chapter fed. Absolutely. And and each one of those, each one of those had to had to relook at or or really focus on their best practices on, as you said, when you've you work very closely with your team on respecting the client and meeting them at where they were comfortable at when you go into their home. If we look at all of those businesses and businesses in general, we've all had to adjust our best practices, how we go about doing things, how we communicate with customers. This this whole online environment, uh, I think we, we would have, I mean, before this, we used to use, what was the, um, uh, I forgot the name of the program that I used before before Zoom. Oh, Skype? Skype? Yeah, no, well, not there's, there's another one, but another business one. But I mean, just even having this very regular online environment is new and it's going to stay from what I see, because for some companies, it works well, for others, it doesn't, for, you know, every individual is different. Right, right. And and the whole, the whole landscape of business has changed. I have a friend that works um, unrelated to BNI, just a, a client of mine. He works and runs a very, very large, high value ad agency. And he told me one day after I did a major remodel of his home. He said, I've been able to cut out hundreds of thousands of dollars of expenses by having all of my employees work from home now. Mm. We're talking to the tune of probably half a million dollars annually in overhead with having his people work from home. They are now meeting with clients like you and I are now over Zoom instead of paying for travel to go see a client, instead of paying for the meals, the lodging, everything else that comes with that to the tune of about half a million dollars a year that he gets to put back in his pocket as a business owner. Yeah. So the whole landscape has changed altogether. Now, how does that change your day-to-day operations outside of, let's say, running the business? What does that mean to the client? And, and how does that change your interaction with the client? We talked about the protocols and protecting the client to their comfort yeah. level, protect the employees to their comfort level. But at the end of the day, Ed, you still have to make money. Yeah. You still have to sell something, right? <laughs> you still have to go out there and do it. So for us, like I said, folks had a lot of additional income that they had borrowed from pulling out yeah. from their home. And what we saw from an, from an appliance standpoint in the sale of appliances was that everybody's doing these remodels. And these remodels are coming at the tune of, in terms of my orders, anywhere from Fifteen to forty thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Plus or minus. So when you think of a whole kitchen package, refrigerators, ovens, every, everything else, fifteen to forty grand, and, and that makes that's a, a very nice kitchen. Well, what happens when we go back to those protocols of of the pandemic at the factory level? What happens when the factory of the refrigerator plant has an outbreak 
of the virus that was going uh, on yeah. and they had to shut down. Yeah. What happens when now, because of social distancing, they can't work side by side anymore. And now it's every other personnel. And just like that, half of the labor force that are building these refrigerators and dishwashers and everything else is cut out of it. So what that, how that impacted us was that we had back orders to the tune of 12, 18 months for some of these people. So they secure their loan and they want to spend that money and start this project, but everybody's doing the same thing. So they had a hard time getting the contractor. We're telling them, you got to, you got to plan for a year out. We placed these orders and mm-hmm. I just received a hood that I ordered in 2021. Oh. I received it yesterday. Okay. So we were waiting forever for equipment. So in terms of the change of our business, what did we do? We focused on doubling the size of our warehouse. We doubled our credit line. At the end of the day, it was whoever had merchandise won the sale. Correct. Okay. So we were bringing in, instead of one dishwasher here, a range for that house, a full kitchen for this house and ordering these one-offs piece by piece, like we had done for, you know, 50 years. Yeah. Now, now we're ordering dishwashers by the truckload because guess what? Mrs. Jones doesn't just want a dishwasher. She wants the dishwasher that you have in stock and that's the one that she's going to buy. So by doing that, it allowed us to share with the consumer. This is the set package that we have in stock. Yep. This is the price. And we were able to protect margin at that price because we no longer have to give it away. There was one day and I had a customer come in the store and we had one Bosch dishwasher left one. And it had been on the display for, for a week because that was about how long as, as we could keep it on the floor. And he came in and he says, I really, I really want to get a Bosch dishwasher. I said, well, sir, this is the one that I have. Well, I don't want the display model. I said, it was opened earlier this week and put on the floor. He said, I don't want that. I said, it's never been plugged in. He says, I don't want it. I want you to order one. I said, well, here's the deal. If you don't buy this one now, and this is the kind of confidence I had because of how wild and crazy the industry going, was. Yeah. I said, if you don't order it now at this price, it's going to be gone in two hours. And he says, there's no way that's going to happen. I said, okay, call my bluff on it, but I will only sell it to you at this price. And of course, we don't like to walk a customer, but he walked. 40 minutes later, somebody came in and paid above retail of what that dishwasher was going to go for. That's the the nature of what the industry was for the last two and a half years. So all that to say is everybody needed to adjust, not adjust, not only the businesses and their consumer as well, best practices, but the the customer on the other side had to adjust as well. You know, we're we're coming to a close here in just a minute, but I want to, I want to ask a question you know, again, we need to, we, we need to be able to look back so that we can look mm-hmm. forward. Right. Correct. And, you know, if we're, if we're looking forward now, thank goodness we're out or coming out or, or whatnot of the great pause and, and all the things that were coming with that, but knowing what you know now and, and knowing that at any given time that something could happen, it may not be a global pandemic. It might be a, a local, you know, in San Diego, we've had fires right? Mm-hmm. We've had many years of fires that that literally took out blocks of businesses yeah. and things had to change. <clears throat> and in, in 2007, I was on the roof of this building, hosing it down with the fire hose. Right? So, so all that to say, 
and something else even local can just happen to a business. Knowing what you know now, what can we do or what can you share with our audience that, you know, one or two things that they may want to kind of keep an eye on and think about and maybe even prepare for? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, the, the thing about it is, is this, and, and I am a passionate, passionate small businessman. And so often we lose sight of the fact that the small business person can operate in a way of flexibility, like a strike team to that fire. What do they call okay? What's that term? Nimble being nimble, very nimble. Right. Exactly. We are, we are nimble and we can adjust on the fly much better than any of the big box guys that are out there, any of the national companies, regardless of if it's home Depot in my case or Sears or Best Buy or whomever, we can we can be fleet of foot and nimble and adjust our purchasing and have immediate impact with that purchasing. We can adjust how we go about business very, very quickly. Whereas these larger corporations, they're the 9,000 pound gorilla. <laughs> they are the 9,000 pound gorilla and getting them to move, having to clear every single department that they have within that building is an absolute nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So in saying that, what, I, what I'm getting at it is this, do not underestimate the power that you have as a small business person to capture clients in a customer base in a time of crisis. Ooh. Because believe it or not, you as a small business person can do it much better, much faster, much more efficiently, and probably at a cheaper cost than any of the big box guys. And at the end of the day, we all win at that point because number one, the business person is making money. Number two, the consumer is satisfied. And number three, all of that money stays in your community rather than shipping it off to Home Depot's headquarters in say Chicago or whatever other company and giving that money away to other regions. So that's, that's how I would address that question. And there's nothing against those large big box because there is a place for them, right? They're we've they're they're there sure. for a reason. Sure. But there's sure. nothing like that local business in the community. And that's the people that we are blessed to serve is our local businesses. And we want to make sure that they stay in business for years and years and years to come. Just like you guys at 54 years, we want it to be 118 years or 108 years, you know. Uh, again, you know, as, as the years progress. So Correct. Alex, I, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Cause I know that you're in the middle of the day right now for you. And there's things going on in your warehouse and probably phone calls that you need to, to get back to. So I really appreciate you taking the time for joining us. I look forward to just even with this topic, I'm sure that there's a couple of other topics that we can cover in the near, in the next couple of months or sometime over the next year as well. So I look forward to having you join us again. Fantastic. And it's been a pleasure. And I'm always happy to be a guest of yours. Terrific. Thank you. And to our audience, we always enjoy having you. We look forward to seeing you next week with another uh, amazing guest, just like Alex here, uh, hopefully being a, a local business owner. But we've also got people from around the world that we're interacting with as well. We are a global organization. So we look forward to seeing you next week. And just, oh, and I uh, hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. 
This episode of the BNI San Diego podcast has been brought to you by Cruise Productions, a San Diego-based video production company and proud BNI member. You can find us at the intersection where business and creativity meet or online at cruiseproductionsinc.com.